In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are up to album 98. And this is from 1998. Oh, 98. 98. 90, 90, Car Wheels on a gravel. Matt doesn't get that. This is Car Wheels on a gravel road by Lucinda Williams. I got to say this just to tell you guys, we are to the point where finding karaoke tracks of some of these songs is exceedingly (laughs) difficult. (laughs) Whoever made this karaoke track had the brilliant idea of when the people are singing just to cut the volume way down. So if it sounds weird, just to let you know, I understand. I didn't want to deal with it. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob. Tonight we're out live at the Honky Tonk Bar. We're listening to a song about what happens when a podcast that goes through a list of 500 albums eventually gets to the end. What are we going to do? Well, I suppose we could just end or maybe not do this anymore, but some of us really, really need attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're doing the show till the end of the list, but what will we talk about after this? When the list is over, what will we cover on the show? What? It's like eight years from now. We could cover documentaries or the best-selling no singles of the seventies. When the list no is over, what will we cover on the show? We could talk about each of the top five hundred songs. Maybe ten episodes wouldn't be so long. We could pick a big change. We tour all year, banging groupies. We could totally ditch our families. When this is over, we'll just hit the road. Well, we'll do it for years. We'll all get VD. Then we'll make a famous documentary. Then we'll review it on our final show. But we're not doing any of this because in two years, they're going to change the list. We'll start all over. We'll start again. We're stuck in hell. There will never, ever, ever, ever be an end of the show. Uh-oh, man, Zoom just when turned on. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. Talk about depressing. Oh, what? So long. We should check in with some, like, uh, like insurance tables or something to see what the probability that all four of us last the next eight years. Live that long? No way. Oh, no. <laughs> Can we not do this while I'm mixing my drinks here, Matt? This is getting a little real for me. Oof, that- let, let's not get into like our triglycerides or whatever the doctors. Are. I don't know. I wasn't really listening. It's not a big deal. Listen, this is Beck did it better. Yeah. We are stuck in our Sisyphean ordeal. We are going through the Rolling Stone top 500 <laughs> albums of all time. And we are talking about each one of them this week. We've got Lucinda Williams car tires, tires on a gravel road, but I can't talk about it by myself. I simply I don't know why, actually, I couldn't do this by myself, but I do have with me a couple of guys here. I got <laughs> Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Oh, Rob, not a day goes by when I don't think about you. You left your mark on me, and it's permanent, a tattoo. Seriously, Rob, do you think a tattoo of your face on my ass looks more authentic with a rat tail or not? <laughs> I would just be worried that if you gained a bunch of weight, the tattoo on your ass would look like me from a kid to what I look like now, where I look like a tattoo on somebody's expanded ass. Uh, if you didn't get the joke, I spelled it out there. Uh, I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, good. I've actually listened to a couple 
past episodes and I realized oh, no. that, like I really bring down the episode when I say, Good, Rob. Thanks for having me. You guys have <laughs> Russell and Rosie always have these good like quips and everything. And Rosie says, let's talk about whatever. And so I, I so think you should just skip me. Let's, from hear now what on. You, <laughs> let's hear what you prepared today then, because you know this is an issue. And what did you prepare for today? Uh, good, Rob. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Love the energy. I think it's great. It's, listen, it's excellent. Listen, excellent. out in, uh, unfortunately today we are missing someone. Uh, Aaron's not here tonight because he, he just got a big check from Vince McMahon. Oh, that's so weird. I wonder what that's about. Oh, that's no. so strange. Aaron, California, how are you doing, Aaron? Oh, he's back. I didn't know you were a paralegal. Let's, I don't even know what that joke's about. Let's stay up until we smell the coffee, eggs, and bacon. Let's talk about Lucinda Williams. Let's get into our voicemail. Yes, to leave messages on a voicemail it, line. it is a huge part of my life, I will say. So voicemail, we got another voicemail? Most of the time, we're actually getting lots of voicemails. I enjoy it. Messages yep. How do you get a hold of the voicemail? Do these idiots not realize we only do? You can get a hold audio. of the voicemail. Two one eight. Our listeners are moronic. No, that's your cell phone. Uh, eight. What is it? <laughs> no, eight eight oh two. You get a hold of the voicemail with eight oh two two seven seven. Back. What they say. I figured with another female singer-songwriter, we got to break out the Atlantis. Oh, here it is. <laughs> I've got a problem with this voicemail caller, by the way. Okay. Hey, uh, just wanted to say I just finished my very first episode. No, that doesn't oh. mean that I just listened to my first episode. It means I just finished my first one. Oh, I've no. Been no. Get started, but for the first time oh, today, I finished terrible. an episode. It was an hour and a half long. Um, yeah, anyway, pretty proud of myself. But the thing We're that I noticed to. was the number of times that Rob said, I'm going to edit this out, and he doesn't. It really got on my nerves. <laughs> I just want to know if that gets on anyone else's nerves because... I mean, it happened Ow, about 40 it's times. Bit. It's a great bit. It's a great bit. It feels like it's a running... anybody else. Okay. All right. So I'm going to make an edit point here and put in a new voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those who don't know, I'm usually the one. Rob edits the first time around through the podcast. So he sends a, a link out so we can listen to it. Matt, I don't know if ever has looked at a link or even looks at Rob's text. I don't know if Aaron ever listens. But I usually listen and then we'll cut a handful of things out. If something's got to go or if something goes too long or something. Occasionally we'll make a cut, but generally when I warn Rob, Hey, you said you were going to cut this out. He, he doesn't want to cut that stuff out. So I, I sometimes try, but it doesn't bit. always work. Hey, pull back the curtain, Rob. That's All one right. of the better bits that you have in your repertoire. Thank you. Not, you know, like it, that's a great Let, bit. Yeah. That's let's talk more about I Rob's I, bits. Let's really get yeah. into Rob's, <laughs> Rob's good. Bits. I do think the, I'm going to edit this out bit is good. Although occasionally there yeah, are times where I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to edit this out. And then I do have to blame you guys a little bit because sometimes, and this might <laughs> shock you a little bit, you take something that maybe would embarrass me or is offensive or whatever, and then you make that into a running gag and it makes it impossible to cut out of the podcast. A bit, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually quite a few things in the show that I've wanted to cut out. We should talk I about those. I think can't. the best one My we talk about tied. is when your dad has got a, a disco <laughs> yes. ball inside of his van. That's the best yes. one, I think. Yep. I think it's Rob's dad's disco ball that I really enjoy the most. That's my favorite bit about Rob. What about the one where he drove home fast when he, when he got dumped in high school and was wearing a sweater vest? Oh, my God. Sweater vest. Oh, I forgot Humiliating. the sweater vest part. Do you I still have that sweater vest? 
No, absolutely not. I, you know, actually, I might in the closet at home. And when I go back to Minnesota, I might have to check, <laughs> look in the old childhood closet, see if that sweater vest is in there. I bet it would still fit me, actually. Now that I think about it, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like, I guys, at some point, do we? I feel like we've done a pretty good job of not using the same bits for all oh, 100 no, episodes. We drive things <laughs> into the ground. Well, yeah, but we just we take those things and just keep hammering them into the ground. I think, don't we? I. That's what There's a bit a, is, right? Isn't that how it works? Well, here's the thing. Every time somebody calls up and says something like this, like remember we used to say banger. Oh, banger, banger. Then one of our listeners, one of our very of intelligent, our yeah. You know, we'd say, oh, it's a banger. You know, why do you guys always call it a banger? So, you know, something like that. She sounded very nervous when she was talking, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another bit. Nervous yeah, caller. Another Don't be bit. nervous calling us. We're just, yeah. we're just some guys on a podcast. Yeah, we're, we're not going to judge you and heroes. talk about you after the episode. Yeah, for the next three or four episodes, my guess is we won't hear this. But then something will bring it back around and you'll say, I'm going to edit this out. We'll start putting it back in again. So maybe for at least three or four episodes, it'll be Listen, out. the bottom line is, is that we're filling up time. We're making content for you little piggies to go to the trough and eat this slop up. <laughs> okay. And if if we edited out stuff that wasn't just funny, 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 this podcast would only be 15 minutes long and have nothing to do with music at all. It would It would make no sense. Here's the thing. If we were doing this podcast to actually get like away from a dozens of listeners, maybe a hundred, we, we're at hundreds of listeners. Well, technically thousands, thousands of downloads at one point. Yeah. If we if we were doing it specifically to like try to reach the masses and not just make each other laugh and like, maybe like Manuel from we South St. Paul, laughing. you know, things like that, you know, that I, this, this would not be nearly as fun of a venture that we're going on. Speaking of editing things out, maybe we should edit out that worthless voicemail that we just got a few minutes ago. (laughs) I agree with what Matt said, and I did have to edit it out earlier, but that caller can eat shit, okay? (laughs) You're wrong. It's a good bit. But I mean, thank you for going all the way to the end of an episode. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if you downloaded, but... Matt and Aaron, have you ever made it to the end of an episode or not? Not, I mean... No. I've skipped to the end once in a while if I want to hear that part. And to be fair, for most people, I mean, to be fair. That's so depressing. You guys are like our number three and four fans. But there usually is one good joke at the end, right? We, we try yeah, like three yeah, or four yeah. of them, but there's usually like one good one at the end. Usually it comes from Russell. But yeah, so if you're a fan of Russell's jokes, then you should absolutely fast forward to the end because there's usually one or two more good ones. Yeah, and if you want to know what we're referencing, maybe listen to the whole episode, <laughs> you dumb pieces of shit. Like, just, li- li- you don't like the podcast, don't listen. We couldn't care less, okay? We definitely don't check the what? downloads all the time and judge our self-worth by it. And maybe text each other about it obsessively. And then as get depressed they don't when- know how to unsubscribe, we're fine. They don't need to listen. Just don't unsubscribe. Yeah. Our our cascade, our flood of downloads from the uh, old person, what was the, what was the uh, Samsung podcast? That has officially dried up. Okay, we're can back you, to the same fucking losers that listen to this show normally. Can you imagine living a life where you listen to this podcast on the regular and it got annoying enough to you where you're like, I can't believe he keeps saying I'm going to edit this out and then doesn't. And then take the time to call and leave a message. Who are these people? I would say they're true American heroes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a step too far. Real, uh, real but I would heroes? say that they... They deserve to get full a full mil- military funeral when they pass away. <laughs> By the way, I do want to tell you guys a really funny joke. Uh, I was at work on the last day of school. They have a happy hour with an open bar. So I do what I always do when there's drinks at work, and I have one too many. My well, goal is always— an open bar. It's cool. What's on the last day? Yeah. So then there was actually kids in class the that there? day when you had open no. bar? No. No. Do you guys know how school works? The kids aren't there the last day. The teachers sit there and— 
and don't do anything and have to wait until the open bar happens. And so then we go to the open bar. I have one too many drinks, which is a talent I have at school. (laughs) And then I do my famous, famous bit, which always makes people laugh, which is, Talking about going to Top Gun, the movie, in yes. full mil- military white. <laughs> We've heard that one before. We've heard that one. <laughs> Until a guy who I know and I'm kind of friends with turns and goes, you know, my dad's a vet. Uh, you like a veterinarian? <laughs> yeah, like animals like- too. Wahoo. Good for you, dude. Rob, what's your what's your drink of choice at an open bar? Oh, these they always have like whatever. This was slow gin fizz and then... Uh, they had a vodka Ooh. lemonade type thing. And we know that vodka lemonade has got me in trouble in the past on that wedding bus that one time <laughs> when I yelled party in the cornfield that we were indeed stopping at the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> a classic bit, if you remember that. Another bit. We'll edit. We'll edit that out. Yeah, we'll edit. You know what? We'll edit this all out. Oh, I want a podcast to be 10 minutes long. I listen to NPR podcasts. Shut up. Okay. Let's get into rolling going. Can you imagine if all these NPR podcasts were like, and now after this major thing. Oh, no, wait. Let's edit this out. Let's edit this out. Rolling going. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Listen, let's get into rolling going. Let's see what everybody's up to. Rosie, rolling going. How's it going with you out there in California? NBA champions, winner at plus 200. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I know. As, as as usual, it's a it's a real roller coaster of emotions for me. Um, yes, the Warriors clinched the title on Thursday, which was fantastic. I really enjoyed Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, totally enjoyed watching those guys. It was really great to see them back together and back on top. So we we enjoyed that. Um, today was a beautiful day. It was uh, it's Father's Day, so I went out for a little paddle around the estuary in Oakland, around Coast Guard Island. Um, Coast Guard folks, thank you for your service. Someday I'll forgive you for not rescuing George Clooney in the perfect storm, but today is not that day. But otherwise, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful, day, beautiful time. Not today. Today is not that day. I did uh, show up to that movie in a full yellow slicker. So it's not really stolen valor. <laughs> um, and I also had crabs, but that was unrelated to the movie. <laughs> more cosplay. Rosie, when you, are, when you are going, so you went kayaking around Coast Guard Island today? Stand-up paddleboard, yeah. So, so stand up paddleboard. What does that look like? You transporting yourself out there now? Are you going out by yourself and you've got like a blow up paddleboard, and so you have to park and then bring a paddleboard down and blow it up, and then bring everything back to your car? Tell us, go walk us through that. Sure, I'm happy to walk you through it. You're going to love this story. I well, um, actually, that dovetails into my next rolling going. Uh, so I may not get to the paddleboard story once I tell you that my car, uh, the Hyundai Santa Fe, is in the shop. The yep. why do you tempt me? No, I know, I know, Rob. Me? I know. I'm sorry, Rob. Aaron gave me a speech before the podcast it telling me I need to be nice oh, to him. Yep. And then he oh, gives boy. he knows that he's gonna serve up this ooh, ooh, this big meatball. It's like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. Okay, Rob, I made you this delicious steak, but you can't have a bite. You That's right. That's what it is. If you but this time it's not my fault. It's testing. not my what fault. What happened Uh-oh. to the car? What the transmission do? went out on the car. It, oh. The car is brand new. What? It has twenty five hundred miles on it. It stopped working. We towed it Ooh. down to the Hyundai dealership. They figured out that it, it was low on transmission fluid. And the best they can figure out is that it uh, left the factory low on transmission. Like someone forgot to fill the transmission <laughs> at the factory. <laughs> and of course, now, so now it needs a new transmission. Oh, and no. The transmission's on back order. My favorite part of this story <laughs> is that I then had to go down to the Hyundai dealership to get our loner, which is a red Hyundai Elantra. I'll send you guys a picture. 
Uh, you've had two loaders since you bought <laughs> that. That is car. correct. <laughs> yes, three actually, because the first, t- I, yeah, three. This is the third. So I had to go down to get the. Okay, doesn't matter. Your why. neighbors are like, "What the hell?" They is are. Going they're always like, "Did you get this another like, new car? What's going on? Like, yeah. are you a drug dealer? This guy's loaded." <laughs> right. So I go down there to get the loaner, and then I realize, like, oh, there's some stuff that I need to get out of the car that's on the lot, wherever. And so I go into the service department. I'm like, hey, can I get a thing out of my car? Did, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pause for a second. Because yeah. didn't this exact same thing happen last time you took the car in where you had to then go back and get a something. bunch of stuff? Yeah, you had to get car seat yeah, out. Yeah, no, I think that's true. yeah, yeah. So this time I had to get a couple things out of the car. And uh, so I go to the service department and they, they're they like, yeah, we'll call a porter to come get your car. But my car doesn't run. It's stuck in park, they told me. So they the guy <laughs> picks me up in the shop vehicle. Because we walked through the lot closest to the shop and it wasn't there. No. So then this isn't one of those creepers that you lay on your back and go under the car, right? That's what I'm picturing. He's no, no, no. It was, it was just okay. another, it was just another, you know, little, little sedan. But my favorite thing about it was, was, and I saw multiple guys doing this when we're driving to find my car in the lot, I'm thinking like, oh, I got to help this guy out and like, you know, keep an eagle eye out for my car. No, they just drive through the lot with the hundreds of cars in them with the key fob out the window, just clicking the panic button <laughs> until the horn goes off. And then, they, then they're like, oh, there's your car. And, like, and then the guy turns to you and you realize it's Albert Einstein who's driving you out. This is the smartest man ever of all time. Nobody's ever been smarter than with like, this. I'm thinking like, I got to tell him the license plate number. I got to tell him what car we're looking for. No, he just holds the key out there, clicking the panic button until the, oh, the hun- horn hunks. So my plan for today was that I was going to, inflate my paddleboard at home last night and take it down to Jack London square, uh, on the roof rack of our, our Santa Fe. But now I have a car that doesn't have a roof rack. So I had to then, uh, so then, yeah, the way it works is I, I put the, the inflatable in the trunk, drove down, parked in the parking ramp. Uh, I did inflate it in the parking ramp and then walk up. <laughs> walk, so like in the parking ramp, and then I, and then I walk up the stairs with my Santa paddleboard and then walk down to the public lawn tramp. Uh, like it's, and it, there was a farmer's market going on. So like I walked through the farmer's market carrying my paddleboard. <laughs> There's like a bunch of restaurants around there. <laughs> That is that is so on point for a farmer's market for a guy to be walking around with a stand up. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Oh, it's like oh, oh my god. I would love to stop and purchase some earrings, but I can't because I've got my paddleboard with me. How many uh, dandelion greens will you give me for one stand up paddleboard, please? I'm here to barter. Exactly. I, I picture you walking back to the parking ramp carrying the paddleboard, and everybody's like, "This guy doesn't know shit about this parking ramp. He doesn't know how this thing works." I bet when Aaron took it in and they they asked about, he said the transmission fluid was low. They said, like, well, was that the guy who took it out for like the four hour test drive? Maybe that's why it's low. I mean, it's a real, it's definitely a really, like I'm learning. It's a real pride goes before the fall kind of, you know, cause you guys remember I was so triumphant about my new fancy car and now the thing is fucked and I never should have gotten so high with my emotions and my ego. I gotta have, I have nothing but sympathy for somebody with car problems. I mean, it's such a pain in the ass. I would highly recommend moving to, New York City, <laughs> where now we're in June, and that is urine season down in the subways. Oh, All the subways oh, smell like urine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an extreme anti-masker, okay? Extreme. <laughs> but I am still wearing a mask in the subway because it smells like old piss down there. Thank you very much. Wait, does that smell better or worse than new piss? Which would you prefer? Oh, look at the guy who doesn't know what old piss smells like. Oh. <laughs> I don't pee on the floor so, ever. Oh, so fancy. Some of the vintages don't age very yeah. well, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, old piss smells much better. What are you talking about? Get out of here. Uh, Russell, roll and go. How's it going with you? 
And did you Roland go did you take I, uh, an inflatable last... paddleboard out of the <laughs> blow it up in the parking garage and then walk it out? Again, just picture that. Did you take an elevator down, Aaron? No, did I you t- try to stuff it into an elevator? No, I took the stairs. I had to go up the stairs. It was okay. like I checked before I went. It was like pretty wide staircase. I still bonked it a couple of times, but I yeah, you know, I don't think I harmed it. Yeah. I don't think I would have the patience to like deflate a paddleboard when I was done with it. I would probably just leave it there for someone else to use. <laughs> like, can you see me like sitting there, like squeezing all the air out for 25 oh, minutes? No way. Forget about no way. it. This, it, it just shows it's, it's just father's day in a nutshell though. Right. It's like, okay, what can I do to get away from my family? Well, I can go out and paddleboard for an hour and inflate and deflate this thing for three hours. Oh, well, that's worth it. Hey, you should just get a normal paddleboard that you don't have to inflate. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. good. I'm good. I'm good. I, like, I'm good with I that actually part like of it. this. Yeah. Hey, Rob, I noticed when you went up to the gym today on Father's Day, you didn't uh, take the express train. You took the local. It made so many more stops. Yeah, I did actually. I enjoyed it. Well, speaking of trying to get away from your family, maybe we should skip me and go to Matt for rolling going. What? What? I mean, you've been doing some long distance running lately, yeah, Matt. Matt. Rolling going. How's it going with you? I. Uh... I, I accomplished one of the, it's probably a very, very um, common, like middle-aged midlife crisis kind of a thing. Oh, it's, it's so, yes. But I've also realized it's one of the dumbest. And so I ran a marathon. Yesterday. <laughs> oh, congrats, Way to go, man. man. That is Congratulations on accomplishing so cool. that dumb milestone, That's as right. I just cool. said. And I realized that I think I'm not built for marathons, if that makes sense. What? Think, yeah. That's no, crazy. So- there's two things about it. One, which one did you run, man? I ran grandma's grandma's up in Duluth. It big was deal, man. The big big deal. Was, Way uh, to go. Yeah. I got my medal. I got my shirt. I better not lose that shirt ever. Cause it'll probably be the only marathon shirt I ever got. And then I, I got to wear it around. No, but I, I realized, I mean, there's such a weird running culture. And if we talked about the running culture and you know, it's just, it's just different. And I think this is, different for everybody's culture, right? Like there's like a weightlifting culture, right? Mm-hmm. Rob, somebody new walks in, you can pick them out. Yeah. The first thing you see, right? Somebody walks in and they're trying to like play catch with a baseball with their kid. I can pick them out and say, you've never played baseball before, right? <laughs> Rosie, somebody's out there paddle boarding in the ocean and like, oh my goodness, this guy's going to kill himself. It doesn't, you know, things like that. And I realized that I stuck out like a sore thumb when I got. You get the wrong kind of shorts on, the wrong kind of shirt on. Yeah. That's where like the regular really? cotton t-shirt or oh, whatever. Definitely. But like I, I, you walk up and like, I was the <laughs> I only one that. there. I didn't have a buddy. And there's all these people who are running like with groups. Right. And they're all, mm-hmm. this is their thing. They're running with groups and it's all their fun. So I'm standing there like, and I show up a little bit early to like the start of the race. I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do with myself, but just sit there and wait. All these people, I realize they just go and they find a spot in the parking lot and they just sit down. And they just sit down. I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And they're like resting and everything. So I, I go and sit there. I just go and I sit down and I follow, yep. you know. And so and then your leg and then your legs fall asleep and you're like, wait a minute. God dang it. Yeah. What's, why did I do this? This is a terrible idea. And all this stuff. But it's just it's such a weird culture. And there's these people who look like the dirtiest of hippies in the world, right? Like I did not have a mustache. I should have a mustache. I would have fit in a lot better. And they're just phenomenal athletes, yep. right? And they're just, they can just fly. So I accomplished it. I saw a couple good signs along the road. Um, one person made a sign that said, I, I, uh, I trained all week to hold this sign. You know, I thought that was That's pretty a good fun. One. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, go random person. That was another good sign. Then I saw, I like saw a guy with a t- with a t-shirt on. It's a guy holding two kids, about nine, eight and five, and he's got a t-shirt on that says, uh, what did it say? It says, 
I don't do marathons. I just do women who do marathons or something like that. (laughs) Stay classy, San Diego. And he was single. (laughs) He was there. He was there to meet people. And and that's what I thought. Right. But he had two kids. He's holding two kids. So it clearly looked like mom was running the marathon. Now, let me ask you this. And and I want to, and I want to, I want to, I want to not include you in this group. Okay. Is there something about people having kids and getting into marathon training? I know I've brought it up before, (laughs) but people, as soon as they have kids are like, damn, dude, I've always wanted to run a marathon. Well, see you later. I got to go for three hours. I mean, is there, is there part of that? There's part of that. You never, you never hear about like 40 year old dudes getting into sprinting, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think here's in all reality. Yes. I mean, like the time away, right. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you have to have a spouse and, God bless Sarah. She's put up with me for doing all this training, right? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's into it? And who, who gets it? And is like, yep, no, nope, yeah. go do your thing, all that stuff. And she but, likes seeing your, she likes seeing your badonkadonk now that you've, you're a runner. She's like, oh, look at that ass. Ooh, that looks good. <laughs> right, right. Um, so then, but I think there is something, right? When you've got kids. I assume that's something other wives say. I don't know. And Rosie, I think you're coming out of this. When you've got kids that are like zero to five, maybe even like zero to six or seven, like it just take up so much of your time and yeah, so yeah. much of your energy. Yes. You have no time to do anything. You just want to lie down anytime. They're you just, not I mean, yeah. But I think yeah. then you realize you, you get that little bit of a break of time, but then you realize like, God, I just want to do something for myself. Right. Or I want to go biking mm-hmm. or do something like that. Rob, you lift, uh, you know, things like that. And so I, I don't know. I think in all reality, it's nice to have something of a goal to do. Right. But God, just try to find something that doesn't almost kill you or something like that. I think <laughs> next time. We'd... You know, I did that, man. I did a half marathon. I did two half marathons, actually. And I was, it was that same thing where it was like, I, I need to have something to do. I need a goal. Otherwise, I'm not going to do anything. I got fucking smoked. It was terrible. When I was finishing my half marathon, my both my feet hurt so bad yeah. that I couldn't walk anymore. I couldn't go anywhere. So here oh, I am in the, in the medical tent, right? One of the greatest moments of my life have two people rubbing my feet, one on each foot. <laughs> Did they take the socks off? They or took not? the. I don't know if they. Ooh, that's a good question. I might. Ooh, maybe they did. Maybe I got to get back if in the run. They, they should qualify for some of those hazard paychecks that were going out recently. <laughs> they did work for FEMA. That's horrible. They were. They did work for FEMA, so they got. I think that was part of it. But they. They. Yeah. It was. It was. I having two people each rub a foot, and I was like, "Have I died? Is this heaven? Because this is the greatest thing ever." And then so embarrassing. Here I am. Okay. Yes. I'm handsome. Okay. And I would say classically handsome, olive skinned, you know, all that stuff, kind of classic runner bod. (laughs) I'm sitting there and I am getting both feet rubbed. And all of a sudden, all the Kenyan guys who won the marathon are also coming in or have shown up before me because they finished their whole marathon faster than I finished a half marathon. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, and they're just like, Oh, oh, and they're like in the medical tent rehydrating. And here I am, the biggest, fattest guy at the marathon, getting both feet rubbed. And I was like, hmm, this is a little humiliating. I think you made the right choice. It seems like you I win. Who's the real winner? I've, oh. done, I've only done one organized race in my life. It was a half marathon. I finished it. I was super proud of finishing it, but I did have a few things. I want to see what you guys think of this. The one thing that jumped out to me was, when I run, I always run by myself. I don't want to train with anyone else. No. I don't want to exercise with other. I just want to do my own thing. Yeah. But when I was running the marathon or half marathon, I realized all these people are running in groups like Matt said, and they're holding full conversations yeah. while they're running. Oh, and I'm like huffing and puffing. <laughs> I can barely breathe. <laughs> and I remember it was one of the most demoralizing things in the world to know that Oof. other people were 
just living a normal life and having a normal conversation while I can barely even catch well, my breath. There's people that have been doing this their whole life. Or like they started in like sixth grade, right? And they've just been cross country runners and they know how to mm-hmm. do it. And they've been in races, all this stuff. I did a half marathon about a month and a half or two months ago, end of April, about a month and a half ago. And I just, I, it was, I was like, oh, I'm going to see how I've been training a ton. I just want to see how I, I can get this done pretty quick. Right. Well, every old lady that would like pass me be like, well, fuck this. You know, why is this lady, this lady can't, I can beat this lady, right? Or some ladies going like slow up a hill and it's like, oh, what? I mean, I could pass this. It was such a different mindset, right? That I realized like, look, I, one, I'm not going to be a world-class marathoner. I'm not going to qualify for Boston Marathon. I believe, you know, things like this. Like I just need to go out and complete this thing and just win. Like time be, time be damned, even though the time was, well, you know, it was just it was about just just over five hours. Because they started. they didn't have the they didn't have like the cart driving up behind you. No, and trying to oh, pick the you sweeper? off at the end or no, anything. Did they, they? Didn't, the sweeper? They didn't have that. But it was just like it's right. such a different thing than like organ to me organized like team A versus team B and all this stuff that I just I I can't get in that mindset and I got to try to figure it out. I mean, I'll I'll do races. I think for a while now, like I thoroughly enjoy running after doing this. I just would rather stick to maybe like a max of like 10 miles, maybe an occasional half marathon here or there, but so what was the, so you, so you did the whole thing. Five, I can't even imagine five hours and yep. 26 miles of running. What was the hardest stretch? Well, about mile 19, my calves just cramped up. Oh they God. They oh, just cramped up. No. Okay. And so ah. I, so from about 19, <laughs> 19 or 20, Ooh. whatever it is to about 23, it was just like this run walk. Like I was, I was stretching on the that, curb and I'd oh. run for about two minutes and then I'd walk for about, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, and so that man. really kind of, that really kind of, you finished. Holy shit. Yeah. And then from about 23 on, I just was like, well, if I just keep running, I'm going to be done that much faster. And then, so then, but literally the last, the last half mile and especially like 26.2, right? So you get, and they have a thing that says mile 26 and you still have those yeah. two, t- you're like, God damn it. Just <laughs> yeah. this thing over or what? Fuck you, yeah. Yeah. The battle of marathon could have been a little closer. <laughs> yeah. That's when you have to look to like, you're not dying because that's where the big crowd is at the end. So you have to be yeah. like, Oh yes, this to me was no, I literally, deal whatsoever. And they got this big pit or like this, it's like chained off. So only the runners there and get all the food and everything. And Sarah, Sarah and the boys are there and they're like, waving hi do it i'm like i gotta go i just had to lay i mean i laid down for like five minutes and then like yeah. my brother was coming over and he's like oh we're about a half a half a mile away we'll walk over they were off uh, at bayfront doing some drinking beers watching band or something and they just weren't coming and i'm just like i just got to get out of here yep. i just have to get out of here and get off my feet and whatever and i just turned into the most ornery ornery bastard you've ever seen and i had to I like love it. Mm-hmm. i texted i texted Text my brother like, hey, sorry, but you know, I just, yeah. I, I just needed to get out of there. I couldn't talk, you know. Kind yeah, of the sorry, things. I can't wait. Uh, I noticed that I got done, and uh, I did give you the information to track me during the race, yeah. but you didn't seem to care enough to come see that. Uh, and I did shit myself, and my nipples were bleeding like crazy. <laughs> but other than that, I had a great race. Those uh, were two. Those are two of the mini goals that I did accomplish. My nipples are intact, no blood, Way and I go. did not shit myself, so hey, I didn't uh, have to go through the embarrassment. <laughs> The, the night is still young, man. I've yes. had days where both those things yes. happen. No. Well, I, well, I guess I guess I shouldn't tell you guys the other two stories about the half marathon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Matt, when you go and buy your 26.2 sticker for your car, they God don't check it. to see if you've actually run one. You could, <laughs> I've got like true. three on my car. It's not a big deal. They, <laughs> right? Nobody cares. It's not an official thing. 
Oh, Rob, you're gonna go. Rob get... puts a red on his dress whites when he goes to see Top Gun. <laughs> I don't know like... why you have it on the back of your car. Nobody cares that yeah. you ran that. Yeah. Did you see Aaron there? Because I know Aaron went there because he likes to go and um, get into the urinals and hide in them at the end of the race. You think that's fun to like get <laughs> under there and oh. give a little spy? Nails on a chalkboard. That's nails. my favorite. That's not making fun of Aaron. Okay, that's, don't yeah. kink shame. That's my favorite is when they catch those guys. They every year you see you find a guy who's hiding in uh, those porta potties. What are you, oh, what are you talking so great. about? Look it up. I don't think they've ever found anyone false, hiding in a porta potty. False, false. They absolutely have. They have caught guys in the pit in the porta potty. That's a there commitment some, to your there, craft. I saw I saw this huge guy who was running, and 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 I actually found a neighbor of mine that while I was running along the course, neighbor Pat who lives across the alley behind me, and he's next to this big guy. He's like, "Oh, you got to meet Mike," you know, because I was having that conversation the first like. 10 miles I could have it with people. It was oh my fine. God. And so I was talking oh, to, I was talking to Pat and he's like, Mike, this is Mike. And Mike, Mike probably weighed 250. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's about 68. I would say like, yeah, this is my 260th marathon. I'm like, Holy cow. Yeah. Like, wow. how, how does, how, how does are you work? not smaller? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Like, how <laughs> are you not a thinking. smaller guy? Like, what are you eating? <laughs> or why are you doing this at 60? Yeah. So then the other guy. Carbo loading is not a lifestyle. This other know? guy had a headlamp on, right? And all these Maybe people. Maybe he just had kids at an older age. <laughs> <laughs> he had a headlamp on. I'd watch him going in those urinals. No. So this guy, and all these people are coming up to him and say, hey, Eric, Eric, how you doing? You know, give him a high five. So this guy, he leads a group of like eight guys. Apparently, I, l- I learned this story, who run. They leave it like. I think it's two or two a.m. or three. They at two or three a.m. They run the marathon route backwards, and then they stop and wait for about an hour, and then they run it forward again. So they run no, two marathons in these one are day. These the people I can't stand. These are the yeah. people that when you go and you, you, if you ever watch a marathon or the one you run, the, the people that decide, oh, now we're going to turn around and run back against traffic just to show people how yeah. how tough shit we are. Get get out of yeah. here. No one wants you. Now here. I do want to point out. I do want to point out, and I hate to do this, Darren. I really do. Especially after promising to be nice to him today. Here's the thing. Russ and I have both commented on how we ran a half marathon. Now, we don't like to talk about it. Okay. We just talk about it because Matt brought it up. up I'm pretty sure Matt asked, or maybe I don't remember who asked me if I ran a half marathon or who asked Russ or whatever. And Aaron has not commented on running a half marathon, but before before you say anything, I do want to remind you, Aaron was a long distance rollerblader. Okay, he went in excess of three miles on the wheels. So, Aaron, have you ever done a half marathon? What's the longest race you've ever done? Never done a running race. I think the longest run I've ever done is six miles. I have never been a long. How have you avoided? How have you avoided doing a running race in your life? Like he was a cyclist. I got into cycling. Yeah, that was my thing. So I I never did a running race. Do you do uh, cycling I, races? Have you done like officials? Yeah. We put a bib not, on and go. Not or? official. No, man. I'm well, not fast just... enough to do it. I'm not, not fast enough to do, it, to do it like a sanctioned race. I did the Almanza 100, uh, which was a 100-mile gravel race down in southeastern Minnesota. Oh. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I finished 33rd Bike wheel you know, on the grass on a gravel road. road. Uh, that was nice six ball. and a half hours uh, of, of gravel oh. riding, oh. Uh, 100 miles. Oh. Uh, but it was it's not an official race and the, the race doesn't exist anymore, but it was a great you event. See, uh, you see two awesome. people after the race and they're just rubbing Aaron's chode. And they're just like, oh, he's like, oh, God, yeah. it hurts so bad. So 100, 100 miles is the longest I've done on a bike. I've done it a couple times by myself, just like a solo century. And then other times I did like 50 miles with a group. And then if I rode there and back, then that was close to 100. But I haven't done anything that long for years now. Yes. Mm. Mm. So that backfired making fun of Aaron. 
I've also done a 50 mile bike ride. Nobody, nobody said anything to me. Uh, I'm, did you guys ask? Did you guys ask? I didn't, I missed that. Uh, Russell rolling going. How's it going with you? Things are going well. I went to a wedding a few weeks ago. I thought I would share some of my experiences at the wedding and see what you guys did, thought well, about that quick, stuff. Did they play the, did they play the chicken dance? What did they play the chicken dance? <laughs> That's your first question. I don't believe they. they oh, it wasn't the I don't want to hear. Dance, it. Some it wedding didn't have the chicken dance. I don't want to hear about it. It's <laughs> the Cupid, whatever the Cupid shuffle is. I think they did the other one, Matt. Did they do the cha cha? Oh, Cupid shuffle. They did one so of the good. organized dances. The, one yeah. of the organized dances that the downloader that I took with me did, <laughs> and I chose not to go do that organized dance with them. Oh, okay. Russell, what are your guys' about thoughts? This. If, you're at a, if you're at a wedding and the person you're with wants to go do one of the organized dances, Matt, are you allowed to say, no, I'm not doing the chicken dance or not? Uh, it kind of depends. I, I was in, I was slightly in this situation that I don't, I shouldn't be telling you the situation. So I'll, Rob, we'll, we'll delete this out. We'll, we'll, edit, this out. Out. we'll edit, yeah. this out. edit this out. We'll edit this out. We went sure. saw, for Sarah's birthday a couple weeks ago, we went to a, a brewery i forget which one but they had a grunge cover band and they were playing all sorts of pearl jam oh my god for whatever reason there's some song that they were playing i don't remember by what band but sarah wanted to go up and dance in front of the whole place and there was nobody else dancing and she's like come on and i'm like oh god it's her birthday i'll fine i'll go yeah one of the most embarrassing things i've done in the last (laughs) five years is go out and dance to some grunge band in front of a a thing but it was all good had a good time it was fun what are your what are your grunge dance moves look like yeah i think a lot of air, i don't know air guitar yeah that's know. a good that's, move that's the oh, russell special so yeah. russell i try to stay away from those situations unless you're feeling it right and you if you've had a couple and you yeah. want to do it I, yeah getting pulled onto the dance floor has never been my favorite thing man it's a lot like the sign we have in our living room like the, the the fancy I know it's not a sign what do you call that a little piece of art and it says you need to dance like no one's watching and go to the porta potty like someone is watching. They've snuck in and they're hiding. <laughs> and they're looking at you. <laughs> and a lot of people so have questions you, so about that. You did that not go out there, Russell. You did not go out and dance the cha cha shuffle or the Russell. electric slide or whatever. I, I went out and did I did dance a little bit. I did my my move as Rob knows it. I did the air found a good air guitar song when I could go out and do the air guitar. And like if you just get super into the air guitar, everyone else on the dance floor is like, yeah, look at they're getting into it. And then right. the moment you want to quit that air guitar, you just walk away and go to the bar and you never go back to that dance floor. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be right back. Hold on. Copyrighted yeah. patented move. Yeah. Yeah. Russell is into the Russell's like, well, in his, he's already living like it's a 10 year marriage. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be running out of marathons pretty soon. Here. So, so anyways, I, I actually, I got this uh, invite. I, I was going to my, it's my cousin's wedding. She actually listens to the podcasts. Uh, she's called in a few, a few times here and there, but soccer actually, fan. Football I actually thing. got a, it was, yeah. Does she listen to the, to the whole podcast or just part of it? Does she get all the way to the end? We'll find out when I start telling stories about her wedding if I yeah. hear from her again. Right? <laughs> she skips all the dumb voicemails from these dumb shits that don't know how a podcast works. We'll edit, we'll edit that out. So I got a text from her and she kind of said, hey, if I'm reading between the lines, it feels like you've been hanging out with one of your downloaders for a while. So if you want to bring that downloader to this wedding, you can do that. <laughs> Or how about this, Russell, instead? Yeah. What if you go get your haircut and you're on a secret date and nobody else knows? The person doesn't know that you're on a date. That would also work. That's a deep callback. That is yeah, a, that's a, a that's big a one. We'll have, we'll have to I edit I don't know if our out. downloaders are going to appreciate that. Well, we could, we could edit that out or edit that in, maybe. <laughs> but, so I said, yeah, sounds great. So I bring this downloader to the wedding. <laughs> 
And so I, I was going to ask you guys first, what is your style? When, if you were to bring a downloader or a date to a wedding or like a party where they don't know anyone, that one got me. what's your obligation to like, are you allowed to go talk with other people and hang out with other people that you know at this event if they're going to be sitting there by themselves? Or how do you no. handle something like that? Yeah, you can't leave them sitting by themselves. You gotta, like, you gotta set the downloader up with some other downloaders. <laughs> yeah, you can't just leave them up by themselves. You just like put them in the corner and give them some Unless, money I mean, for drinks. This happened. Did you I mean, this this did happen. Like I had, you know, when 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 Anna and I first got together, like I came to some weddings where she knew no one, and I was like in the wedding. So then that was different. Those, it was like, oh. oh. I got to go do pictures or whatever. And right. like, yeah. And then she like did have to sit by herself, uh, which I, you know, maybe has come up once or twice since. Russell, this is not a cat that you're leaving in the apartment <laughs> while you go somewhere for the wedding. You are not just Turn leaving the some drinks and some money. But you got to hook them up well, with somebody, this, you know, worthy of, of, of conversation. You can't just leave them alone. No, you need to be there. You are their only, you, it is that they do not want to be there. I guarantee it. Russell, Russell, flip the script. You're going to a wedding for somebody that, where you don't know anyone else. They leave and get a drink and leave you there. I'm an introvert, so I'm fine being That's left true. alone at a table by myself <laughs> for 30 minutes. Like, there's no worries there. But let's say, like, let, Matt, let's say you're at a wedding and Sarah knows a bunch of people and you don't know anyone. Would you rather her, she drags you into every conversation you have with some random person? Or can't she just say, like, Matt can do his own. He's fine over there. Why do I feel like you're leading the witness? Why, why do I feel like you, you have an answer you want us to say? Yes, Russell, put your date in the corner. Make him face the corner. That's the right thing to do. They probably don't want, they're an introvert yeah, too. Tell no. them that they're listening to Beck Did It Better. Like, just put in your headphones and listen to Beck Did It Better. You don't have to be involved in this wedding. So, Russell, at what point did you get yelled at for making all these mistakes? I cannot wait to hear about that. So I never I know I don't think I ever played it too poorly, but you had mentioned Beck did it better. And so one of the reasons I brought this up was so I'm, I'm sitting at the table where there's a table with some family members, our downloaders sitting there next to me. So we were sitting next to each other. I didn't make them go sit at another table or anything, despite what I asked my cousin to do with the seating so, chart. So I got a question. I got a question. All, all yeah. it takes to get a date with Russell is to download episodes of Beck did it oh. better. And if you got to go yeah. back and start listening to the old ones to see, Ooh, to learn more no. about me, okay. do not, re- oh God, do <laughs> not, as his current practice. Russell's like, you know, you know, baby, I just have the highest standards. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, in the old episodes, he's like, listen, her not speaking English actually wasn't that big a deal. We had a great time. Other one that was pregnant. Uh, Two dudes in the same day. Another the one who awesome. did try to introduce me to the hairdresser was at the wedding, and oh. they have been accused by the downloader of, hey, did you oh. do this? <laughs> <laughs> did you set up the fake hairdresser date? A classic Russell story. Oh my and God, Russell. It's like, it's, this, is, this is really like opening up our wedding album, but it's just Russell's disastrous date after disastrous date. And it makes me so happy. Oh, it just so, fills me with so, so much joy. Speaking of disasters at the wedding. So I'm sitting there and it's, it's a, oh, a yes. very nice place. It's at this park. It's a beautiful building, indoor building and everything. So I don't need to worry about sweating too much or anything here. And it's not like an outdoor 100 degree thing. Yeah. Here but we're, we're sitting in there and, and the father of the bride, my uncle, comes and sits down at our table for a little bit and he he looks at me at one point he goes russ i need to talk with you when you have a minute whoa i was like Uh-oh. oh shit what is this yeah and I, I couldn't really get a read on it and eventually i think my our downloader went to the bathroom or something and left her chair open for a minute nope. and all of a sudden <laughs> father of the bride comes down and sits down and he goes i have to tell you 
I've been listening to the podcast. Ah. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that one of the worst things you could hear in that situation? Like, I would rather hear like, oh, just let you know you're out of the will or whatever, instead of, oh, yeah, you've been listening to the podcast. Exactly, because it's like, this is his daughter's wedding. Is this one of those situations where you don't know which way this is going? Either like yeah. I listen yeah. and it's so great or it's I listen and what the fuck is wrong with you kind of a thing. Yeah. I didn't I have no idea. And so yeah. he starts talking and it turns out about after about two or three minutes, I realize he loves the podcast. He's yes. into the podcast. Yes. What a dumb shit. <laughs> he, he tells me he only listens to the first half. He only cares about the first half. He doesn't care what we think about the music. He's he never know listened. about your jokes at the end. Then. Yeah, That's he's never bad. listened to the second half of a podcast. Never listened to the music. The other thing he told me is, and this conversation goes on for 25 minutes, I bet, 20 minutes or so. And not the whole time I'm thinking, like, I'm embarrassed. Like, you should be out, like, glad-handing all these guests, not talking with me about my stupid podcast, right? But he was looking at you like, you should be glad-handing that downloader, not talking to me about your stupid podcast. (laughs) Technically, he was sitting in my downloader's chair, so she had to go sit in a different chair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This downloader has been in the porta potty for a long time. What's going on? So he, he I'm going to make it work, guys. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> we, can, we can edit that out. <laughs> so he, he doesn't listen to the music. And he also said he doesn't want to call in because he doesn't want to get ripped. Or I believe the word he used was savage. I don't want to oh. be savaged by you guys for calling in. So he won't call in. But the other thing that kind of caught me off guard, part of the reason he listens is to figure out more about who you guys are. So he pulled out a little notepad on his phone and he's oh, got no. notes about who you guys oh, are. No. He thinks he can figure out who you who you are in real life. And he has said that out of the three, four of us, I have done the best job of not giving away any personal information about who uh, I actually am. That's probably yeah, he's probably right about that. Impressive. So wow. so this is our first cyber stalker. OK, so we need it. We need <laughs> yes. to take an issue. We have an issue with it, for sure. Should, should we be concerned? Yes. But I will say this. I think I got to give him credit. I got to give him credit. I think he was like a, a real, he's one of the guys here. Cause I think he didn't bring up the podcast while our downloader was sitting there. Cause he didn't know whether this downloader even knew about the podcast. Right. <laughs> so he played it pretty sly because him. he, yeah, he, I, he didn't want to like throw me out and have our down the downloader as far as he knew was just a date, but he didn't know they were a downloader. And so it's like, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty sly move to like take that conversation offline and not have it in front of the whole table, don't you that's think? Definitely slick. Well, listen, that's definitely slick. Russell's he uncle. Was looking okay? out for you, Russell. What, what, is your, what is your problem? Yeah, why aren't you talking to people at the wedding? Like, if this is your kid's wedding and you're wasting your time with some podcast? I, I, oh. You know what? I think he's got a little bit too much self-respect. I will say this. He said <laughs> Rob, is the, he, Rob is the one who stirs the drink. It, the podcast couldn't exist without Rob. True. But he did say he he relates most to Matt in terms of personality. Oh, so I think yeah. this guy has more like respect than to, yeah. <laughs> I think he has like more self-respect guy. than to dive into the foot freak stuff. <laughs> that's what I call oh, my penis. Oh, man. That's <laughs> your penis. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff Matt says on this show. That's terrible. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a great wedding, though. He, his, his daughter was a beautiful bride. They put on a great party. And I also got to give another cousin props. A great best man speech it was oh, about a minute long nice. got Bluff. up there like this guy should almost give a class on how to do this it was got up there introduced themselves told one story about when they met the groom or the the sister's groom for the first time and then said like one nice thing about them being good together off the stage in and out in under a minute and i was like it's hard great. to argue with that hard to argue with it right yeah uh rolling going how's it going with you rob <laughs> 
I went out to Las Vegas for powerlifting nationals. Uh, I went afterwards and I ate at a restaurant called the Heart Attack Grill, Ooh. which is a no- seems promising. It is a novelty restaurant where, just to let you know, this is this is the kind of place it is. Outside it says Heart Attack Grill. This is in the skeeviest place in Las Vegas, by the way. Outside it says inside or outside a porta potty on the strip. <laughs> It was basically a porta potty. <laughs> like if you expanded a porta potty and made it really big, that's what this place was. Outside it says 350 pounds and over eats free. Hmm. And then they have a giant scale outside where when you stand on it, oh, the letters are like five <laughs> feet big and everyone can see how much you weigh. How, how demoralizing. Okay. It was. So then you go in, right? And so the whole theme of this place is that uh, it's a hospital and it's very unhealthy. So you go in. What? The first thing they do is they put a gown a hospital gown on you what and you have to wear a hospital gown the whole time you cannot take it off if you're 350 plus or if you're anyone anyone everyone in there is eating in a hospital gown okay so this this seems where is this where is this okay it's it's okay so you know the really nice part of vegas take get a cab and then go downtown all they have is fattening food okay there is no diet coke there is no I love, diet. Anywhere. I love how Rob's Rob's like just saying they, he they don't have enough healthy stuff, and he's talking about the the, the diet soda that they haven't provided. Right? He's not like talking <laughs> about like they don't have vegetables or anything. He's like they don't even have diet coke. No, they they have none of it. So here's the deal: is that you can get burgers based on how many half pound patties you want. So you can get a double all the way up to an octuple. So you can get a how four pound burger. I got the double. <sighs> I got a pound burger. Now keep in mind, I'd been cutting weight for weeks up leading up to this. Okay, so here I am. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so hungry. I'm going to eat so much. Your stomach is probably yeah. Shrink, turns out right? when you cut weight, you actually can barely eat anything. Maybe just like two bites oh, of the yeah. burger, and the burger is overcooked, oh. so it's not that great to begin with. But so I got two. I got the bacon added on. Yep, it's twenty strips of bacon added onto this nice. burger. Oh, no. I then ordered a side of onion rings, <laughs> which turned out to be a giant thing of onion rings that I ate about three of. I also ordered. A shot of alcohol, which came in a prescription pill bottle, it was four ounces <laughs> of alcohol. That's what was in the shot. You, you want to know who's re- you want to know who's really annoying at like an all you can eat place is the guy who's like, oh, I can barely touch this. Like when you go and and like everyone's <laughs> like just gorging themselves, and then you got the person next to you that's like, oh, I could only eat a quarter of my burger. Yeah. That person, yeah, like, go fly a kite. I don't like that person. <laughs> I would also say the person at the buffet who's annoying is the person who doesn't think it's funny. When you show them chocolate ice cream coming out of the machine and you're just <laughs> laughing your ass off because it looks like you're at the bottom of a porta potty and you're like, hey, look at this. Does it look like we're at the bottom of a porta potty? And nobody laughs. And actually, they get really mad at you at the place. Those guys are so annoying. I guess the police is what I'm talking about. The police that come to get you at the place. Anyway, my point is this. Look, we'll cut that. Off. My point is this. I get this alcohol. I then also get a full diesel Dr. Pepper. Now, it is not a regular can, it's in a tall boy. Right. So I've got about, I don't know what, 3000 calories. And then along with that, I get a milkshake. Now this milkshake (laughs) is special because in the milkshake topping, guess what tops this milkshake? A pat of cookies, a pat of butter. Oh, there is a giant thing of butter in the ice cream. It's it's dairy, Russ. It's just more dairy. Now, mine, I am lactose intolerant. So it did not help. (laughs) Did not help the whole situation. Here's the main issue. I thought I was going to eat all of this. I really did. I thought I was going to hammer down, eat this. Meanwhile, in comes a woman wearing a bridal veil, 
her husband. I think they just got married and then came to the hard deck grill. They also have two kids. Rob, can you give me this address just in case this thing with the downloader goes well? I got a place to go. You go sit over there while I go sit on this side of the buffet. If you do not finish your food, they have a device in the middle of the restaurant that where you go and you have to stand there and hold on to the handles. And your waitress, who is dressed as a busty nurse, okay, but it's respectful. Okay, it's in a respectful way. I would, I would love to have my daughter work there. Okay, that's the kind of place that's classy. <laughs> they take a, uh, oh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah, a rubber paddle and spank your ass three times. And it's hard. So this it's is why you didn't really finish hard. your food. You knew immediately what you were doing, didn't you? Oh, no, 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 no. I, as soon as I got the food, I was like, I'm going to eat this. And it, immediately one bite, I was like, I'm not going to finish this. Uh-oh, I'm going to get spanked. And who watches me get spanked? Ooh. The family, the bride and the kids are sitting there while I get spanked. <laughs> yes. It did not feel right. It did not feel fun. You would think, oh, getting spanked in public. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. It was not that fun. <laughs> now, I was not the guy next to us who yelled out, my wife didn't finish her jalapeno popper. She needs to be spanked. And then he kept yelling it the whole time. And I was like, bro, you got to relax a little bit. Like you are just, <laughs> and I was, and then I realized like, oh no, that's what this place is like. I think that's what you're supposed to do. That's like, are you supposed to like, I just, if you're going to be there, you got to lean into it. Right. I, it, oh, it was. Can you just picture Can you just picture like, you know, every, every restaurant or any business, they all go get a loan from a bank. <laughs> right. Can you just imagine some guy walking into a bank being like, I got an idea for a restaurant. Okay. What is it? Yeah. 350 pounds and over. They eat for free. If they don't finish their food, we're going to whack them in the ass with a busty nurse. With like, Can you just imagine like trying to go to a bank and get a loan with this business it, plan? Like, It was something. And they did play music videos that had the busty nurses in them. And I did send you guys a picture of one because they were playing the Big Bopper. And I immediately thought about you guys. So getting spanked by a busty nurse and playing the Big Bopper, immediately thought about you guys. But guys, you know, if there's, if there's one album that I think about when I was getting spanked by a busty nurse in Las Vegas for not finishing all my onion rings, it was this one. So let's talk about the album. Oh, is this a music it's podcast? That sounds great. Favorite. By the way, Russell's uncle, music. see you later. Okay. Oh, yeah. See you guys. Hey, you. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Catch you next week. <laughs> the wedding sucked. Russell. No, he could still be listening. You got to be careful. Okay. Look out. Uh, so we are talking about car wheels on a gravel road. Not as I said last week cartwheels he cut the bar off at nine <laughs> <laughs> last week i claimed at the end of the episode it was cartwheels on a gravel road and i noticed that none of you stood up and said oh rob you're wrong maybe you should retake that and you can easily edit it out no because we were trying to go to bed bro i forgot about that i forgot about that this podcast immediately starts and we're all like oh my god what is this gonna be over so this is a good fate we picked for ourselves this is very very good just more and more of these are getting us starting with like, well, I have a complaint actually. <laughs> Listen, I was looking at the wrong thing. I just wrote, oh, fried in lard. I forgot to tell you guys about that. All the food was also fried in lard and they advertised that. So well, we can, we can edit that. Out. We'll like edit that in. Like the burgers too? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm well, I don't know. No, maybe I have to go back and ask more questions. Um, that reminds me. I heard, I heard the recording of a nice recording of Dizzy Gillespie doing Manteca today on the radio. Manteca is lard in Spanish. Oh, I was going to say, right. I knew you were going to, you know what? I didn't step in there because I knew you were going to pull that around. <laughs> I definitely wasn't going to click it. on a button, but uh, all right. <laughs> so we are talking about Lucinda Williams. I, can I admit something to you guys? 
What's Before that? this, I had never heard of Lucinda Williams in my entire life. No idea who it was. No idea what kind of music this was going to be. And I freaking love it. This is right up my yes. alley. This is like exactly yeah, what good. I want. I was listening to it all day today. Jenny was like, I love the music. I was like, I love this music. I just picking out the sound clips. I've had just a great time doing it. Listen, this is her fifth album. This came out in 1998. Lucinda Williams is well known for taking time between her albums. Now, her first one was 79. Her second one was 80. The next album comes out in 88. The fourth album, four years later, 92. This one is six years later. And you can really hear on this album a person who has mastered her craft, mm. right? It's yeah. not just, I right. listen, she is a dynamite songwriter. I would argue maybe one of the best songwriters we've had so far on the list. But she also couples it with, I think, what is a unique, and not a unique, because that's an insult to singing, right? I, I'm not going to Ubu on this, but her voice is so good. And the way that this yeah. record is made, she sounds, every song is so intentional and purposeful. I don't think there's many wasted breaths on this whole record. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm gushing too much about this record, but I was absolutely blown away for it. But where this record gets confusing is how do we classify it, right? This record won a Grammy Award for Best Folk Album. Okay. Is this a what? folk album? I don't, not to me. I wouldn't I mean, think a folk like, album would have this much electric guitar. I mean, it made me say, what the folk? I was just going to say it. Hello? What the folk? Oh, I mean, no. like, folk is like storytelling with guitars, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, if you that's really, if you really break it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, right, you're telling a story and it's like, not quite country, right? Not quite rock, you know, and all that stuff. So I mean, and there's a me, lot of, there's a lot of folk. like, yeah. uh, there's mandolins, dobros, there's um, oh god, there's all here we sorts go. of guitars that are are yeah. not just electric guitars too, right? So there's, I think there's some of that in there. But when I listened to it, I thought, to me, this is the first country one. Maybe it's bluegrass, it, maybe it's blues. It's kind of what, all those, all of that, right? I would say, I would say it's real close. I think, I think uh, Rolling Stone did a good job talking about it when they said that it's alternative country at the time. That's how they classified it. But now recently in 2020, she Lucinda Williams actually won a Grammy for a new uh, category, which is best Americana album. And I think that's really, I mean, that's yep. one of the best ways to describe yep. this. I, I, I love yep. it. Uh, but it does seem to follow from that alt country scene that was like Wilco and yeah. Alejandro Escovedo and other acts like that. So I, I get that. I think that's a, I think that's a great comparison. She isn't 89.3. The current favorite, Matt, how often, if you listen to the current, how long do you have to go between hearing Lucinda Williams songs? Not more than six hours, right? Uh, well, I, I, I bounce in and out. And so there's, there's times when you feel like you hear it all the time. Like every other song is yeah. Lucinda Williams, you know, but they kind of go on those. Russell, have those you ever heard of Lucinda right. Williams before this? I've heard the name, but I didn't really know any of her music. I, none of the songs jumped Passionate out at me, but I, I knew the name, but I didn't know yes. a lot about her. Passionate kisses. I don't, oh yeah. Well, that was her big hit, right? Who sang that, that she wrote? Who, who made it very, was that Bonnie Raitt who sang it for her? Who was saying that? Mary Chapin Carpenter. That's right? who it was. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say Bonnie Raitt. She just, she wants to give me something to talk about. And it's the only Bonnie Raitt song I know. Uh, all right, well, let's get into it right in time. Now, this reminds me of during the election, right? Because that's when it's right in time for me. I'm always putting Aaron for president. Are you playing the music, Rob, right now or not? Yeah, right I didn't tell me. I opted to make that joke. Sorry. Oh, he had to get his joke to put his joke in. I don't think about you. There's there's some uh, like 
There's some uh, divinals kind of stuff going on here, right? Like, this oh, is about This song is about her jerkiness, thinking about some guy. Yes. I was so yes. happy when I saw that. I what did like, you call that, Aaron? What did you say? The, didn't the divinals sing When I Think About You and Touch Myself? I was thinking of that. Yeah, yeah. So here's a song that is so sweet. And every time I listen to it, I was like, I love this song. You know, I'm listening to it with my kids. I'm like, hey, kids, listen to the song. And then I look it up what it's about. They're like, oh, yeah, this is her jerk. Right. Thinking about some yeah, guy. And I was like, it is, a, it is a great hook for an opening an opening song in an album. It's a right? great opener. Yeah. It's yes. so good. But yeah, she's looking at the ceiling and moaning and thinking of you. Yeah, it's, oof, it's, yeah. it's a little steamy. The Spank Bank is open 24 hours. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, <laughs> it's there. Sundays, too. I mean, this is eight days a week. Yeah. Russell, you said you wanted to explain what a Spank Bank was. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, the guy who was playing the spank bank on this one was actually Roy Baton. Do you guys remember him or not? We've talked about him a few times. What is Roy Baton in my spank? He was playing. He was playing the B three organ, otherwise known as the Hammond organ. So he was ah, playing yes. this one. We cannot. We cannot be talking about a guy in a spank bank who plays his organ. But that's I thought that was right on point. I thought that's what you were looking for. But remember, this was the guy who played in the E Street Band, and I think played with Bowie. And that also played with Meatloaf. He was the guy who played at the beginning of oh Meatloaf. God. Wow. This is this guy. There it is. The same guy. What was he doing? He was playing the playing the organ on the Spank Bank. What was it, Rob? <laughs> Listen, he would do anything for love, just like Lucinda Williams. But he wouldn't do that. He got caught playing with his instrument in band class. Wait a minute. You guys oh, hear no. that? Matt, I'll let you take oh, this no. call. Who's calling? <laughs> Hello. Hey, this is me. This is Meatloaf. Meatloaf, how's it going? Uh, how you doing? I, Are you in tubing? I listen. I just want to tell you about that guy and his organ. Okay. Oh my God. He was playing that organ so fast sometimes, and then sometimes, you know what? He, he would move his hand upside down and then play the organ that way too. But it wasn't good, but it's. It sounded weird and kind of fun to change it up. You know what I mean? It's like foreign, kind of like. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe if you like were playing the organ and you fell off your bike and had to break one arm, and so you kind of had a different system. <laughs> well, good to talk. This is a great fucking song, Meat Meatloaf. You crushed it with this song. I gotta tell you, Meatloaf. I find you generally sort of like clownish, but when I hear your voice on this song, it moves me, man. I it's it's such a great voice. Here, can you take this pamphlet about uh, COVID? Now it's not real. <laughs> and don't look up how I died either. Thank you. Okay, I'm in hell. I'll see you guys later. Goodbye. <laughs> Good luck. His name that is Robert out. Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. Uh, all right. So, so we got distracted by that song for some reason. I mean, listen to these lyrics. I take off my watch and my earrings. So first of all, Good taking sir. off the watch. I know where this is smart. going, Rob. You made that mistake yeah. before, and it's like, oh my god, watch. <laughs> Can't wear this out and about now. Forget about it. <laughs> my bracelets and everything. Yeah. Then what? Stand up, put my head VR gear on. Oh, my baby. So she's doing, I mean, it's amazing. She could do that with the VR stuff, standing up. It's crazy. No, lie on my back, moan at the ceiling. Oh, my baby. Guys, what's your favorite jerk it's style? Like How do you like to jerk it? Let's talk about it. All right, car wheel. Aaron, I know you're thinking about it, but this is the uh, titular track. 
Okay. Oh, there we go. That's my favorite track. Always my favorite. This, to me, sounded like the offspring of Alanis and Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Petty. I heard Tom Petty in this song. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, Tom Petty and Lucinda Williams are connected, right? Like, she wrote a few of his songs. For real? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think she did a tribute album to Petty after he, I don't know if after he died, but I know she did a tribute album, too. I will say, I, is there is it possible, though, to live in Minnesota and not have a gravel road in your life that you associate, or live in the Midwest, I should say, and have a gravel road that you associate with, like, a very strong memory? I've got at least three or four gravel roads that I can picture exactly what she's talking about. What about you folks from the from the, the Twin Cities? Like, you're, you're pretty far from gravel roads where you're at. So if you go up north or if you go up north or something, you can find a gravel road. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Russell, I mean, man, you got a gravel road. I mean, for me, it's like going to the cabin or it's going out to where Jenny grew up. Yeah, it's all gravel a, I mean, roads. there's a there's a place up uh, we used to go deer hunting and hang out with a couple of people, another buddy's cabin. And yeah, it's got, there's this nice winding mm-hmm. Curve, and then you come up to the cabin. And say, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of them like I, that. Cabin up North Dakota. All listening to her Beautiful. describe the sound and the feeling of a car driving on gravel road, it just was, I thought it was so powerful. I, I don't know. She's just so good at catching a, at making a mood on every one of these songs. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Too cool to be forgotten with the two. Too legit. Too legit to go. There's no promises. There's no such a weird. Title the way it's written for such a sort of throwback. With the numbers in there, tune in a way. Probably yeah, written so in your yearbook. Didn't anybody write it like that in the in your yearbook? Yeah, Prince. I did. hope so. Prince did when I when I went to First Ave and Lucinda Williams was getting married there, and Prince was also there. And I said, Prince, can you sign my yearbook, please? This really is one of those albums that is just engineered and mixed perfectly. It right? is. It really you can is. hear every, like, every strum of the guitar is perfect. Like a, the bass is a faint great. little accordion that pops in there. It's just a hint of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a really thoughtfully constructed album. And again, she's singing here about, like, juke joints, like old kind of bars and, and yeah. going to those. And picture it when you're listening to it. Like, it's a perfectly made song. It's what you'd want to hear if you're in a juke joint. Imagine sitting down and writing a song about a bar you liked growing up. Like, it would be like, oh, yeah, I go and I do karaoke. And there's a guy who wore aqua socks every weekend for some reason. Like, you know, I could not sing a song about the otter like that. It would be crazy. I thought about the Yankee Clipper in Ankeny, Iowa this week because uh, that's where I first tried Jack and Coke. And I saw that now they're going to put Jack and Coke in a can. What do you guys think? Jack and Coke in a can? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Nothing. No. No good. <laughs> the world wants to kill me. That sounds so good to me. Everything in the world it's like, oh, let's make sports gambling legal. Okay, here I am watching the PJ Open today because I would win $400 if Bill's Latouris wins. Like a waste of my time. Could it be spending time with my family? Right. Oh, and you missed you missed that last putt by. Don't you don't need to. How much? And then now I'm going to be sports gambling and drinking Jack and Coke out of a can. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of time I have to spend like pouring Coke into a drink and then pouring Jack in. When will the executives at Coca Cola tell me what is the perfect ratio? Can you imagine how watered down those are going to be? By the way, it's going to be terrible. They're going to be awful. uh, And then like, will you drink it? Not over ice, like I'm. I'm curious. I gotta. I gotta try it once because, yeah. like, what if you drink it straight out of the can, not over ice? Yeah. It's gotta be super weird. I mean, I mean, how many can you even fit in the toilet tank at work? So when you go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know they're nice and cold when you come in. <laughs> Four max, I would say. So, speaking of which, drunken angel. The sun came up, it was another day. 
about a guy named Blaze Foley who passed away, and then she was like, "Yeah, you were a drunken angel," which I was like, "Oh, that's not the." Uh, we'll hope we'll hope that I don't go this way tonight because tonight I am our drunken angel because oh Booze and Vinyl recommended a few drinks for this one. And I, I mentioned this to you guys oh, earlier. It's a good drinking album. They actually recommend that you listen to this album. Um, it's ideal waking up in the morning. Turn on your turntable when you come home from the bar. Start, start rolling some biscuits. Whip up some eggs and grits. They say you're supposed to listen to this in the morning for breakfast. Any of you guys try that out this morning? 100%. I had it on this. It's a shout out to Anna. Pancake breakfast this morning for Father's Day. We had this going on with a pancake breakfast. That's hard to beat, man. It was a beautiful morning. One of the one of the drinks that Booze and Vinyl is actually recommending for side <laughs> B of this album is a Tennessee Manhattan. Have you guys ever had a Tennessee Manhattan before? A Tennessee, you know, Russell. When I'm in the porta potty, you're the only ten I see. Am I from Memphis? George Dickel or some Jack Daniels? The drink is a nod to Nashville, where this album was recorded. So it's two ounces of Tennessee whiskey. George Dickel, Jack Daniels. A dash of bitters, a maraschino cherry with a little bit of syrup, or in my case, four cherries with a lot of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> and then three ounces of club soda, but actually the club soda is sitting in my, in my kitchen right now, and, and I was going to be late, so that I don't, I'll have to drink that part <laughs> later on. But Tennessee, Manhattan, if you guys have drink. That sounds good. I, sounds I would good. drink that. So it's just a... So it's a Manhattan with whiskey, with Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee whiskey instead of. But it turns out I couldn't use Tennessee whiskey on this because a week ago I purchased Metallica blackened whiskey for like seventy dollars and then forgot to tell you guys about it on the podcast, which was probably the low light of my podcasting year. I gotta admit, Russell, I'm, I'm bummed because I am going to have to edit that part out. You just talked about Metallica whiskey, so. The, the listeners are going to hear a big blank spot there. And apparently that's what they like. They don't like. They actually things. had a different drink recommended on side. A. It was a bourbon and coffee, bourbon, hot coffee, half and half and some maple syrup. But you guys know, I don't have a coffee machine. And I thought about going to the gas station to buy a coffee, but I thought it was too intimidating because I don't know how to work a coffee machine at the gas station either. It's too late to be drinking coffee. <laughs> I would argue it's not too late to be drinking coffee. Actually. I think it's fine. Don't worry about it. You, now, let me get this straight, Russell. You don't know how to work a coffee machine at the gas station? I've never, I'm not a coffee drinker. I, 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 it would be like going to the post office and not knowing how to mail a package for me. It'd be way too intimidating. <laughs> you don't need, you don't need to make the coffee. I think you just pull the lever and the coffee comes out, Russell. We gotta, we gotta get you out. And Next time you're in town, next time you're in town. Russell. I love the idea of Russell getting a drink at the gas station. The guy's like, oh, some coffee. And Russell's like, Ah, uh, yeah, it's for a drink. I'm going to make it home. The guy's like, wait, what the fuck? Well, I, you know what I thought about doing? It's for my podcast. Do you want to hear about my podcast? I almost did a McDonald's drive-thru. I was like, if I just go and order it at a McDonald's, then I don't even have to yeah, pour the Yeah, it's a buck. No questions asked. That's true. That's, right. that's, that's smart. You can get a throw fillet of fish on top hey, of that? Hey, Coffee, fillet hey, of fish? your guys' favorite drunken Perfect. angel? This guy. <laughs> it's it's got to be Russell all day. Excuse me, I'll take a coffee. Do you have any uh, maraschino cherries as well? A lot of syrup, please. Thank you. Concrete and barbed wire. So, this was a song that she wrote after the uh, Berlin wall, wall fell. And she kind of related to like the relationship that she was in, as most of these songs are about. I love this one. I mean, I love the steel guitar, right? Oh, it's so good. I think, you know, I... Go ahead. Don't go for it. Uh, this got me thinking, though, about the uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall, which I remember very vaguely. It was like something that happened. Everybody was making a big deal. And I was like, 
Is this why America's Funniest Home Videos is not on tonight? This is the worst day of my life. Like it's just, it was awful. But you, you know, the famous story, the first person to ever sing at the, uh, the Berlin, after the Berlin Wall fell, who was the first person to sing a major concert in Germany, right? Who was it? No, I do not know. Oh, guys, it's, I'll give you a hint. Michael, look out, get out of there. It's David Hasselhoff. The Hoff? Whoa, the Hoff. Singing Looking for Freedom. Don't hassle the Hoff. And I found the shittiest sounding clip on YouTube I possibly could. So here you are. You're in Germany, right? And this is the famous story is that he was the first guy. He went and did a concert there, but he said, I'll only do it if you let me sing over the destroyed wall. I'm not going to do it any other way. I always thought it was like the day the wall fell, David Hasselhoff showed up. Turns out the wall fell in November. David Hasselhoff showed up for a New Year's concert. But that's how big he was in Germany. So it wasn't that's right pretty away. quick. Reels. One thing I noticed on that song was the mandolin. We talked about some of the guitars and stuff. There was a mandolin on that song. And, and the guy who played it was this guy named Greg Lees. He's a singer, songwriter, recording artist, producer. He's played with all these famous artists. Alison Krauss, The Boss, Daft Punk, uh, Joe Cocker. Isn't he the ugliest singer ever, Rob? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you are so beautiful. Yeah, everybody's beautiful for you. Look at Joe Cocker. John Mayer, ugly. Vampire Weekend, Smashing Pumpkins, one of Matt's favorite bands. And it turns out this guy also played a pedal steel guitar on a Beck song on the album Mutations. Rob, if you can pull up the song called Cancel Check, and you'll get to hear the oh, pedal steel God. guitar. In the moonlight, oh, that sounds nice. That sound just gets you every it time. It is awesome. So I got to ask you guys. So we know that Lucinda's album won Best Folk Album in 1998, but it turns out Beck's Mutations actually won for Best Alternative Album. So when it comes to using Greg Lee's in an album that wins the best alternative music album in 1998, oh, who did God it damn. better? Beck did it better. Russell, yes. That was so that was brilliant, Russell. That was a brilliant pull. And I know what Aaron's thinking. He's like, oh, a, a, a pedal, a pedal guitar. Maybe I'll blow that up and bring it to the beach with me later. And, no, Aaron, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> I also can connect things, Russell. Thank you very much. Lake. Charles, like Charles, Iowa. This one was maybe my favorite. Like Charles, this one was Iowa. maybe too slow for me. This one was wasn't one of my favorites. I agree. If, if there's a skip, it's probably this one. But it's now this might blow your mind. But guess what this song is about? What's it about? An ex-boyfriend of Lucinda Williams. I, uh, I know it's mind blowing, but I again I could I, I could make enough songs of everybody I've dated to make a, a single I think maybe I think of John Prine anytime I hear somebody in this style sing about angels because I just think of Angel from Montgomery and I'm sure she was a John Prine oh. fan I don't know for oh, sure oh you know they ran I so. they had to next so. uh, probably one of the most famous songs off this album Can't Let Go this one actually won now get this it was nominated for best female rock vocal performance so not only did this win best folk album this was best rock vocal performance in 1999. It was nominated, right? Nominated and eaten out by. I think it's Alanis, isn't it? Yeah, uninvited. This is the only cover on the whole album. Man, this song is good. This is a banger. Can, yeah. Can you rules. guys hear that kind of twangy guitar? Yeah, is that like the Coke bottle? I think that's a dobro. So it's, it's a type of resonator guitar. I don't know, Rob, you're a guitar player. Do you know what a resonator guitar is? 
Yeah, it's like those guitars you see where they're acoustic, but then they also have that metal inlay there. So it gives them kind of a unique sound. Yeah, so there's like a metal oh, a metal nice. resonator in the body of the guitar. And I guess they, they started designing these in the 1920s to pump up the volume of acoustic guitars. And there's a type mm-hmm. of these resonator guitars called a dobro, which is a fretless resonator guitar that kind of gives that twang song that you hear in a lot of these songs that are on this album. So I started looking and I thought we could do a list of the greatest songs ever that feature the Dobro guitar. Oh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. Well, this is just like my good friend who's a baker. He was kind of my Dobro. Your Dobro? <laughs> yeah. Just wear that dough, bro. That's what you say if you're trying to get a, a ball of dough from the neighborhood pizza shop. Can I get some dough, bro? That's my joke. That's a that I to just Matt's made. advice. That's Matt's advice about. But no, yeah. I got a different. It was a slight spin and a callback to Matt's previous advice from other episodes. Rob, if you can repeat your jokes, we can repeat your jokes. That's a good point. Listen, <laughs> some of us drink a lot of drinks on Father's Day, and we might <laughs> drunken be angels hanging on by yeah. a thread at this point. So <laughs> yeah. we're doing I our need best. To speed these songs up a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes the greatest go. compliment is actually flattery. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. So normally these I'm sorry for stepping on your list. Normally these Dobro guitars are for blues or bluegrass or folk or we country music. But <laughs> there was actually some of this in a rock song in 1970s. Check out the beginning of Lola by the Kinks. You'll hear this. Oh. Yeah. You hear that? Such a great sound. Yeah. It's a great sound. I mean that I never knew what that was. I never knew how they did that. Great song. It's a great song. Now, too. can I tell you something shameful about this song in my life? Is it about your kinks or not? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the king's shame. Yep. <laughs> hey, you suck. Kinks please. <laughs> You'd be the guy at the at the kinks concert holding up his sign saying, "No kinks shaming." Yeah. I'm at the I'm at the concert and I'm in the porta potty underneath. People are like, "Hey, you can't be in there." I'm like. <laughs> You came here for the king. <laughs> now you're getting it. Now you're mad at me. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> Either way, I'm going to just go out on a limb right now. That is the kind of kink that we can shame. All right. <laughs> so I don't line. care, what, it. I don't care. Really I don't care what Aaron says. I am going to kink shame. <laughs> by the way, I texted you guys a link to multiple stories where that happened. So if you want to check that out later, feel free. Happy Father's Day, by the way. All right, next song on the list is from 1987. This is a country song. We haven't done a ton of country music on this on this podcast not, not before. Not enough country music. This is sure. Randy Travis, Forever and Ever, Amen. Best country western this, song. Oh, my God. This guy's voice. Great song. And then you hear this dobo come in. You hear it? Yes. Yeah, this on the, that's the, the solo yeah. there is the dobo? And Aaron, I think you're right. They probably are playing that dobro there with the slide. I think that's normally how you play it. You're right, Rob. They do use the slide most of the time for that. And um, I'm going to say Randy Travis, that was one of the car tapes we had growing up, where it was just in the car for like five years, and it's just what you listen to every time you got in the car. That song, like, it has, has Rolling Stone done like a top 500 love songs? Because that, that should be in the top 25. Too. Exactly. That song fucking rules. What about the one where they... They stole the person's dog, or was that a breakup song, Aaron? Give me back my dog. Uh, that was a breakup. It was moment. "Give Me Back My Dog" by Slobber. <laughs> Not yeah, a love a breakup song. A breakup song. So it's a different genre. Can no, you imagine? Breakup, different genre. Imagine being Russ's uncle. I don't listen to the music part. <laughs> well, you're fucking missing out, buddy. <laughs> Even though it's Slobber Bone is. <laughs> buddy. Next song on the list. This might be one of my favorite country music songs ever, Aaron. I know you would have loved this one back in college, Matt. I feel like this could be up your alley too. It's it's a great day to be alive by Travis Tritt. 
But oh my can't God. every day I be just this oh. good? Little, uh, so we sang this, I think, two years straight in the baseball locker room. Every day, Joe from Woodbury. We know Darren from, from Bloomington, and now, Wayzata, or not Wayzata. Chan Darren Hatton. from Bloomington loves this one. Zach from you Colorado know, not listening. God, I love this song so much. Travis Travis Tritt always had a name that remind that made me think it was a dirty thing you could say to somebody like, oh, look at that Travis Tritt over there. And I was such a big Travis Tritt fan growing up that I had a shirt saying how much I love Travis Tritt. What did it you say? Know? And it said, I'm a I'm a big TT fan. Oh. And I got in so much trouble wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Big TT Tell that joke fan. to your uncle you can, next time you see him. Okay, I, I'll, I'll jot it down for him. You can edit this out if you want, but I, I distinctly remember going to the tattoo shop one time for one of my appointments, and there was a guy talking to my artist wearing a t-shirt that just said, Titty City. <laughs> <laughs> just like plain t-shirt, white letters, Titty City. <laughs> Let's see. I want something that's not subtle at all. <laughs> Who the hell wears this shirt? <laughs> A, what does he do? What does he do for a living? And B, what woman talks to him? Right, right. Like well, he was probably okay. a tattoo artist, I would imagine. He was like another artist. If a woman does talk to you, you know. Like, this is this is a downloader for yeah. sure. This is a, this like is a number Ni- one downloader. It's like the Nigerian, uh, like, I got $2 million in an account I need you to get, right? He's, he's at the you tattoo guy. He goes, the- he goes, listen, you see this shirt? Yeah, it says Titty City on it. Sometimes I'm not wearing this shirt at the beach. Did <laughs> you just tattoo Titty City underneath where this would be? Thanks. So it's I there. It. So it's, you, you know the the forty the forty five people in the world that do own that T shirt all wore it to that restaurant that Rob went to in Vegas. I would guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to wear a hospital gown. You're covering up my Titty City shirt. I either that or they go to the Hayward KOA over Memorial Day. Let me tell you, they wear it there. <laughs> Aaron's like sweet titty city shirt. Anyway, can I get a birdcage tattooed on me? Thank you very much. <laughs> deep cut. I get the state of Iowa. Yeah, that was, that was a way deep cut. Deep cut. Well, speaking oh, of Iowa, I this, do love that Travis. This song. next song is "We Need a Little Bluegrass." Rob was talking about bluegrass last week. This is Allison Krauss, Choctaw, Choctaw Hayride from 2001. Check this out. Man, it's cut. So that's a dope one. And then I think there's a the no. fiddle going with the two or banjo too. Whoa. That sounds I don't bad. know if we've done any Alison Krauss before, but I was I was reading she had to have been inspired to some extent by Lucinda Williams because she actually released an album with Robert Plant. A couple of them in her second album. I think yes. she just re-released an mm-hmm. album with Robert Plant. And they actually covered right. this song, Can't Let Go, by Lucinda Williams on it. The last song on the list, this is a band that, when I was listening to Lucinda Williams, I heard this band over and over. It's Little Big Town. The song is Boondocks. You guys remember this from many, many episodes ago where I thought there was a round, but there's also a dobro in it. <laughs> You can kind of hear it in the background, the, the dobro. I can't, but I can't, like, the callback to the round. Well, I, I pulled up the time, because last time when we did the round, it took me, like, 20 minutes to find it. But I've got the exact time cue for you guys to hear the round and determine, is this a round or not? I'm so excited. I'm so excited this is back. Too bad that was edited out. That's a real bummer. We're not going to hear the round. That's a bummer. All right, here we go. Here's a round. No, here's the round. I got it. Sounds like a round to me. 
on Saturday night, church on Sunday. Oh, here we go. Roll, roll, roll your boat. 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 But I heard, like, I you guys remember that song, Little White Church by Little Big Town? I heard that type of music when I was listening to this Lucinda Williams album. Did you guys hear any of that? Oh, yeah. I don't know that song. Yeah. You're, well, you're hearing it below it. So. No, no, the one thing I got to say, I'm finishing up on the list here. It turns out the guy who played the Dobro on the last four songs on this list was named Jerry Douglas. And he's uh, this famous Dobro player. Jer? But he actually won a Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Music Association in 2011, the same year that Lucinda Williams won the same award. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing. God, Russell, you're just a genius. Wow. I mean, ironically, and I got to tell you, all better list by Russell. That was a top that five list. Easily a top five list. Oh, yeah. yeah. You think that guy is saying that he's from Titty City or that like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> now it's I'm like thinking really about likes, it. Or it's just where he likes to hang out. I'm not sure. I, I, I should have I gotten more information. I lost it. I lost it. Oh. What a voice. I mean, listen to this. This one felt yeah. a little bit louder, a little more southerny rock, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more anthemic, yeah. But it's like that dragging drum beat, too. Like, it's just so creative and like, I'm telling you, every one of these songs, you don't have to hear a single lyric. You know what it's about. You get the feeling of it. I love it. But the lyrics are great if you have time to listen. Oh, they're totally. There's that, that first song. I mean, I can listen to that one a lot. <laughs> Standing up or lying down? All right, metal fire. Just take your bracelets off if you're going to listen to that one. Well, this is going to change my whole nighttime routine now. But <laughs> yeah, but bracelets off. I, I, the thing is, like, oh, take off my watch. How am I going to get so many steps then? You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting fifty thousand steps a day on the weekend, especially now that school's done. Oh my god, I'm getting steps like crazy. Metal firecracker, final song on the album. It is. Right? Oh, no, I think there's like mind. four more. Yeah, I was like, yeah, there's got to be more, right? <laughs> I was curious. I think this this episode's coming out right around July 4th. What are your thoughts on firecrackers? Are you guys fireworks guys? You buy fireworks, you light them off. What are your thoughts? I like when everybody else spends $5,000 yep. each on it, and then I can just sit out in a boat in the middle of the lake and watch them f- shoot them off. And so I, I appreciate everybody else who loves them. And wants to fire him off. So my dog is absolutely terrified of fireworks. He goes, he like just starts like going crazy, breathing hard. He hates storms. He hates all that stuff. I still love him. Screw that dog. I think it's great. I love seeing the loud noises. I have such a dumb caveman brain where if you had me out watching fireworks and I was wearing my Titty City shirt, I'd be the happiest. Happy as a clam. Oh man, Greenville. So this one, I pulled a little clip that actually has Emmy Lou Harris singing harmony with her. And Aaron, do you want to guess what this song's about? About an ex? It's about breaking up with somebody who's a loser. <laughs> Break up with a loser? Yeah. Something none of us can relate to. Which, by the way, wordle word today on, on Father's yeah, loser. I know. What the loser. hell? You drink hard liquor, you come on strong. This sounds like a, a way that I got dumped numerous times after online dates. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's drinking Tennessee whiskey all morning. <laughs> Sorry, babe. I only drink Metallica whiskey. That's all I drink. <laughs> all right. And I come on strong. I still long for your kiss. 
this opening. It's really sweet of you to say. This is kind of a good groove for a, a country love song. Feels a little Tennessee whiskey. This sounds like a kind of, doesn't it? A little bit R&B. Yeah, yeah and a little bit R&B to me. Like this could have been covered by an RV band, I think. Aaron, Aaron, do you want to guess what the song is about? Uh, is it about uh, breaking up with an ex? Actually, this one is about lamenting a lost love. So it's a little bit different. I think she got oh, okay. this one. I would dump it. The one that got away. If I dated her, I'd be like, I cannot wait for the perfect time to dump her. I'm going to get a song out of this. Yes, sir. That's what I would have liked to hear Etta James. I mean, obviously, like, yeah. switching around chronology. But, like, Etta James, do it in a bar with a, a sweet R&B band. Like, that Oof. would be... Oof. I want to hear. Any of these are like a, a kind of a Motown stack sound, I think would be so, so good. Uh, Joy. This is from. Oh, Aaron, you want to guess what this one's about? Uh, someone taking her joy. Yeah, this is this is her breaking up. She realized she's not going to date rock and roll guys anymore. Quote, I'm done with the fucking games and that rock and roll bullshit. I'm done with the bad boys. Well, sorry, man. Matt, does this Matt does this get a nomination for your top hundred song list? Like Aaron and I, we can't stop grooving to this right now. Like, how can you not groove to this song? This is my favorite song on the album. And did we ever talk? Like, Steve Earle was one of the producers on this. He's playing the resonator guitar on this one. It's like Steve Earle's famous cop. St- Steve yeah, Earle, like he was one of the main producers yeah. and played a lot of the guitar on it. Like he's famous Copperhead about- Road. And what else did he sing that? was great back in the day. Well, I, I learned about Steve Earle because one time Russell and our friend Darren from Bloomington uh, were working at the college radio station and they grabbed a free CD of Steve Earle's Transcendental Blues and brought it to me and they were like, Rosie, this has blues on it. You might like it. And I wore that thing out. I love that album so much to this day. And I didn't know a thing about Steve Earle. So I got to give Russell credit what for that one. What is it about? Wasn't he also in your favorite uh, TV show? He was in The Russell? Wire. Yeah, he was, was Waylon in The Wire. Yeah, he was in the oh, wire. Spot. I thought yeah. he was in The Wire. I was like, Russell loves My Name is Earl that much? Like, I, <laughs> I haven't thought about that show in years. It's like, he's in my favorite video show, show. O'Jam and Actually, Earl. I, love I had it. like a, a moment the other day where uh, Steve Earle was opening for a band up at it's St. Cloud. There's a, a amphitheater, a new amphitheater that's open. Matt, I don't know if you've been up to it or you know about it. I have not. Nope. It's been just uh, August will be one year. Yeah. And so Steve Earl was actually opening for a band that was going to be up there, but they were sold out. But I was looking at going and then I was like, how much is this taking over my life where I saw he's a producer on the album? So now I got to go see him in concert is, is my taking the podcast too seriously if I was considering going to see Steve Earl. No, Listen, you could do way worse what's stuff. The, what's the alternative? Yeah, you could sit at home selling drugs uh, like Steve Simpsons. Then, yeah. <laughs> Listening to my uncle rattle on and on and on yeah. about the podcast <laughs> and his daughter's wedding. If your uncle shows up in a Titty City shirt, Russell, you know he's the second part of this podcast. <laughs> you show up in a Titty City shirt, you might listen to the second part of this podcast. <laughs> if you've got strong opinions about Russell's list, you might listen to the second part of this podcast. This next song I love, Jackson. Right, one of my top three songs called Jackson of all time. This is a song where she now, Aaron. This one's a little bit different. This is after a breakup. She is now driving from Eastern Texas through these different cities, and by the end, she's kind of gotten over the breakup. But just like the fact that she would think to write a song like that, like it's so breakup. So you hear her talk about Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Vicksburg. She driving fast, slow. Is there a sweater vest involved? What's the pretty slow? I don't know. It sounds like she's driving slowly. And, and I got to admit, like halfway through the song, you can actually hear a big truck drive by because he's got to get down to Baton Rouge real quick, too. So it's a. <laughs> yeah. 
I heard, will the circle be unbroken here? Did you, did you hear oh. that? Kind of the same vibe? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I got to plug it again. You want to get into this kind of music? If you like this kind of music, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band has a box set of May the Circle Be Unbroken. Look it up. Love it. Listen to it. Maybe install it in Tony Hawk. You're playing that obsessively when you're about 23 and so you've heard the album one million times. It's a good way to do it. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What do you think of this as a closing? I thought it was pretty spot on for a closer on this album. Don't you guys think? I think it sums up the album pretty well, right? I mean, I don't know. These songs all sounded to me like for an album that's so similar throughout it, each song sounded pretty distinct. I think you can really tell that this was an album that she really was thoughtful and put a lot of care into picking the songs and picking the order. Like you can tell she's pretty methodical. I like, yeah, I like that she seems very concerned with place. Yeah. In this and geography on this album. And this this final track really brings it home about the places she's talking about, Matt. I just I just think it's it sounds like an album that took a very long time to write because I think you can hear clearly different styles and yes. different songs. They might sound alike, you know, you know they're coming from the same artist, but mm-hmm. you know that Joy song, it wasn't my it was your guys' favorite. I don't want to not that I don't dislike it, but it wasn't exactly my favorite because it's I like those mm-hmm. softer, more Americana type songs, I think. Um, and so that one felt out of place for me on this album. But, you know, I think it, it sounds like an, an album that took a very long time. Like, you know, in 1996, she wrote this song. In 1997, she wrote these I, two. I think you're right, like Matt. I, so, I was reading that Steve Earle once said that, because he's worked with her a number of times, but he said this was like the most painful album he ever worked on. And I think he meant it in like a complimentary way because she was a perfectionist about things. Yeah. And like we've we've talked about other artists that were perfectionists about their their music too, but it, I think it's shown through on this album. And he's come out since then and said, "Yeah, I think people misconstrued that quote, thinking I didn't enjoy it. It's just like it. This album was just a lot of work, like because you're working with somebody who, uh, what this is? I mean, this is this is 18 years after her first album, like 19 wow. years. Like it's yeah. like you're you're getting somebody who knows what they're doing and has pretty damn high standards." Sorry to swear like that. I didn't mean to do that. So if kids listening at home, okay. Sorry, I said damn. It's my fault. I'll work on it. I can be Brian. Brian's. If Brian's I can be a better person to us with his van with his kids. Daddy, what's Titty Brian. City? You been in Titty City, Dad? This whole time I've been trying to rhyme like something for decolletage with like metropolis you know or like a different city i just cannot <laughs> i am racking my brains <laughs> corset village that doesn't even rhyme but it's now it's, something village. I'm yeah, it's not cleavage no. oh there's something there god it's just a little thread i just want to pull it uh listen we are getting into my patented and very popular except for russell's uncle uh rating system section where we actually give our opinion on the album everybody loves it Okay, to our caller today who finally got through one. You know what? I'm starting to think maybe this podcast is a disaster when basically we've had two separate incidents of people saying like, yeah, I don't listen to the whole show. And it's like, oh, but we actually... I don't listen to the music part of your music podcast. Yeah, I was, mm, okay. Um, I just like the part where you guys talk about inflating your thing and walking to the parking garage, which I get. I actually get that. Listen, uh, we we have a rating system on this show and we're just going to set it back. We Because... Somebody, I can't remember if it was Einstein or that other smart person that I'm forgetting right now, because all I can think of is Titty City again, uh, came up with a rating system <laughs> that is this album. This album is at 98, 98, not, 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 not 98. And is, does it belong there? Okay. 
that would be a rolling well toned. Okay. This is perfect. This is right where it belongs. Uh, this is like uh, breaking up with somebody and you're still kind of friends, but not the kind of friends where you have to sit together at a wedding. You can actually not have to talk to each other. So that's a perfect kind of breakup. Is this a rolling groan? Okay. Uh. You don't think this album should have been at 98. It should be lower on the list. You can't stand this album. Why is it here? Uh, and then, or is this a rolling bone? This album should have been way higher. Why haven't we heard this music before? This is kind of like if you break up with somebody and then they show up later with a giant burrito. Okay. It's actually the good kind of breakup where they actually are. They want to come back and they know how to, how to get your attention. Uh, so what do we think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? Aaron, what do you think? Lucinda Williams, car tires on a gravel road. Aaron. Let's car wheels on a gravel road. Right now. I car wheels. Damn also, it. don't Damn think it. I had ever listened to this album start to finish. I was aware of Lucinda Williams, but never listened to this album start to finish. I never got tired of it. This is an all day on repeat album for me. I th- yes. think that it's beautiful songwriting. It's perfectly recorded. It for me is a rolling bone. It should have been higher. Aaron, you're so smart. I, I, this, I, I, this is, you're brilliant. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone or rolling roan car tires, car wheels on a gravel road. <laughs> Shit. Cart wheels. <laughs> What about like truck axles on a gravel on road? I could never get the full cart parkway. <laughs> you wait, man, Russell. You could do a round off. No, no, hell no. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, put this camera down. Put the camera down a little lower. Back up. Let's see it right now. <laughs> what we had talked, on. I'd never listened to this album, and I came into this thinking it was a country album. I didn't know enough about it. I just thought it was a country album, and I was like, how could this be? the number one country album on the list. I, I, out of all the stuff I've heard, I've never heard this. How can it be so high? But slide guitar, the steel guitar, mandolins, harmonica, accordion. I just love the music on this one. I thought Lucinda's like uh, singing style was awesome. I love the variety. I'll definitely listen to this again. And I might even buy it on vinyl. If I come across some spare dough, bro, rolling bone, it should be higher <laughs> on the list. Oh my God. Perfect. Matt. Perfect. I'm so, so sorry that you have to follow that. But Matt, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? Well, I I agree with everyone that I I think it's a great album. Probably try to listen to it again if it falls in. I mean, I, uh, I've been listening. I mean, like, I, I can't stop listening to Lana Del Rey okay. these days. Oh, you know, yeah. Things like choice. that. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean yeah. some of the new stuff by uh, Taylor Swift. I mean, there's just a whole, there's just so much stuff like this out there now. Um, I, I did rambling on in a long episode, but I, a lot of the, I had trouble with a lot of these albums until Rosie last week, you said it seemed like when they redid the list in 2020, that they started coming up with kind of, you know, why is Madonna not on the list? Why is all these popular albums from the eighties not on the list? You know, cause they started going to more of the obscure mm-hmm. ones that are maybe cool. enough. I think like, this is that, I mean, like how is this ahead of anything that Sheryl Crow did? in oh, the nineties, wow. yeah, you know, yeah, things right. like that. Like, cause I was trying, that's all I could try to compare it with. And, you know, she does everything and she's a great writer and all that stuff. But like, I just feel like this is getting slotted in here in the top 100 because of the cool alt nature of it. You. And it seems like a, a popular pick at the time. So I'm, I'm going to say it's rolling grown. I don't think it should be in the top 100. I think it's an excellent album, but I think there's so many more above it that, uh, maybe were more influential, uh, you know, maybe had 
a bigger impact just from a total album sales side of things. But I'm going to say it's rolling grown. I hear you. Personally. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, what are the chances, though, that a bunch of writers for Rolling Stone magazine would pick some kind of off-center artist to just show how much they know about music? That doesn't sound like them right. to me. That doesn't sound like people no, I know. No, like definitely music. Not. That's so weird. No, never. Folks, unfortunately, you're incorrect. Okay. What do you mean? Ah, 98 times in a row. And I'm just going to warn you one more and you will be kicked out of Titty City. Okay. So it's <laughs> Titty City actually when you get there is very, there's a lot of rules. Like you wouldn't expect it. I thought you got a hundred. It's very corporate. I thought you got a hundred. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, I mean, it's Titty City is a tough place to live a lot. It's the HOA rules are crazy. Okay. I don't even want to get into them. And that HOA president. You forget about it. Uh, listen. Uh, this album is a rolling emotion. Emotion? Mm. Like you listen yeah. to this, you know exactly how she's feeling within the first five beats of the song. Like it's again, this one to me, I don't think there's there's any wasted breath. I I just got this is one where I this is another dorm room album, right? You put this on in the dorm room, you're setting up a vibe, you're ready to go. It's oh, it's just so Which is crazy. This came out in '98 when we were hanging out in dorm rooms, and I never once put this on in a, in a dorm room, and that was a mistake. We should have been listening to this back then. Well, some people actually, their dorm rooms, their beds were so thin that they could barely fit in and out, which <laughs> in retrospect is probably why I didn't meet more girls. I was like, hey, come on back to my place. Wait a minute. Let me measure how wide you are. Nah, never mind. <laughs> gonna, not going to fit my little toaster bed. <laughs> let, me, let me measure you. No, see if yeah. you can come back. No, not to my that place. way. Actually, like you're, you're like width, I guess. I don't know. Three dimensions. Your girth? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I need to measure your girth. <laughs> no wonder you didn't have possible. chicks coming back. Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm just going to write this down. Pay no attention to this. <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, we can edit that next, out. We can edit that out. I'm editing out definitely where we said girth and laughed about it for a few minutes. Next up. Okay, guys, we're going to dive into the. There's this little kind of niche artist you guys probably don't know about, but this is all about the time she finally finished a book. What is it? We've got we've got Taylor Swift Red, Red. coming up. Red. 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 Second best album of all time. Second by T Swift. I'm excited for that one. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. I was just going to say, I wanted to thank my uncle for listening. So this amazing, good joke, which we could, <laughs> oh, fuck it. Let's just edit it out. We don't need to give him anything. 